Hey there, you're listening to the Verily Joy podcast, a place for you to journey with women of faith who desire to live a life in fullness of joy through Jesus. I'm Lola Martin, your host, and a gal with a winding list of dreams and passions, and maybe a slight coffee obsession. Expect to be a part of conversations about faith, fashion, beauty, careers, and all the essential life stuff. I'm so excited to set out on this journey with you. That being said, let's live joyfully together. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Verily Joy podcast. This episode is probably one of my favorite ones ever because it's going to entail one of my favorite topics to talk about, which is dating and relationships, singleness, chastity, all that good stuff, you guys. There's so much to unpack here, and I figured it wouldn't be smart to approach this topic alone, so I invited a good friend of mine to help answer all of your questions. Yep, that includes even the ones you've been so afraid to ask about dating and relationships from his perspective as a guy. Because let's be honest here, as a woman, at one point or another, we've all wanted to know what a guy thinks, especially a man of faith, when it comes to the complicated world of dating and relationships. Our guest today is Anthony Simon, and he is a Catholic speaker, author, and relationships coach. Now, before I continue to ramble on, I'm going to go ahead and let Anthony introduce himself a little more and briefly explain why he's so passionate about helping others navigate through their relationships. Anthony, take it away. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lola. I appreciate being here. I am pumped, guys. Very excited for you single people out there, for you people that are in a relationship. Maybe you're maybe struggling a lot with what to do, or maybe you're not feeling loved unconditionally. Why am I so passionate about dating and relationships? Because I've failed so many times in my life. And through those failures, it was a, I was able to draw closer to our Lord. And I want you to have the same pearl that I have, because now I believe I found the formula, if you will. And there's a way to approach the dating world. There's a way to approach life when you're single. There's a way to approach life when you're in a committed relationship. Um, and I just want to help you guys understand that formula, if you will, and get that unconditional love. I mean, so many people nowadays, like we don't even have to like talk about it. You could see it with your own eyes. Like we're living in conditional love and many people are, are slaves to lust instead of love. And mm. uh, so I just want to like help you prevent that. You might be falling a rabbit hole without even knowing it. So that's why I'm passionate about this. Awesome. I'm so excited, you guys, because Anthony knows what he's talking about for sure. Like I said, he's an author. He's written a book. I have one of them in front of me. It's called, it's new. It just came out called Sex, Love, and Worth right here. And I'm in the middle of it or almost to the middle of it. And it's awesome so far. So like I said, so many questions. We're going to go ahead and dive in. I've kind of organized them between like singleness questions, dating, relationships, and then there's even like questions about breakups and ghosting all the way down to chastity. So much. We're going to try to get to all of them. So I guess a good place to start would be talking about singleness. We got a few questions about it. And Anthony, I wanted to ask you, or I guess somebody wanted to ask you, um, is there anything you do regularly in your single life to prepare for your future wife? Yeah. Okay. This is my favorite one. Your single days are the best days in your life because you're able to build yourself. You're able to find flaws within yourself, weaknesses, strengths, your gifts and your talents and your charisms that you won't have the opportunity to have and capitalize on when you're in a committed relationship. Because let's be honest, like if you're in a relationship, you're always serving the other person. You're not serving yourself. Like we're not getting in a relationship to fulfill our own needs. 
that's a byproduct of being in a relationship, a healthy one, but a true relationship wills the good for another. And that's what the definition of love is. Mm. So I need to understand what love is first. So I need to draw from God who, is, who says he's the source of all love. I need to draw from that living water, that living love and understand who God is. So if you're in a season of singleness, the first thing I recommend you do is get to know who God is. And by getting to know who God is, by going to daily adoration, going to mass often, you know, really seeking the Lord through understanding what he says through his words, reading the gospels, reading spiritual books that help you understand who you are and who you're made for. That's going to go a really, really, really long way. Um, and understanding your vocation to first loving God and then loving yourself, understanding who you are, because we cannot give what we have not yet received. Mm, so yep. you must first learn to receive love and not just any love. It cannot be a distortion of love. It has to be unconditional love. Yep. I love that, Anthony. And you guys, Anthony was saying like this season is like one of the best you could ever be in because you get to a get to know yourself B, get to know God, which is, like, the most important thing. But even, you guys, I wanted to mention, like, you ladies out there listening, like, your season of singleness isn't, like, a waiting room. Like, it's not like you're living to finally get to be in a relationship. Like, your living starts now in your singleness. And it's, like, it's, I don't know, your life isn't going to start when you start dating someone or when you finally get engaged or married, you know. There's so much to learn from yourself in your singleness. Um, and Anthony explained that so well. Um, and I guess let's dive in a little bit to the dating questions. Cause that was where the majority of the questions come from. So I'm laughing at the first one because it's one I've always noticed. Um, but the first question is what's the first thing a guy notices about a girl? <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is a good one. So honestly, if you want the honest answer, many guys, they're afraid to say this, but the first thing they notice are looks. That's the first thing. So we noticed how you're dressing, how you're walking, how you're talking. Um, that's the first initial reaction that we're attracted to. It's in our human nature as guys. Um, but that doesn't say that just because you have looks, we're going to pursue you. No, that's the first initial attraction. But when it comes to that, like, let's say, you know, we find you somewhat attractive. You don't have to be like the supermodel. Like, it's not like that. Like, um, we find you attractive and then we're going to talk to you. We're going to initiate, we're going to pursue, we're going to actively say, okay, um, like who is this woman? Like, is she someone I'm looking for? You know? And then we dive into the personality. Like personality is a huge, huge factor and personality incorporates for many Catholic men, you know, the woman has to be very strong in her relationship with the Lord. Like, does she love the Lord? If not, like, I don't care how attractive you are. I don't care how smooth you are, how many things we have in common. Like, I'm sorry, I got to move on because the first thing in my bucket list, my non-negotiable is, is she a Catholic follower of Christ who's not lukewarm, but devout? Mm, yeah. And I love that because, and just, just to kind of clarify, Anthony is speaking for most Catholic guys. Obviously, every single person is different. Every single guy is different, you know, so kind of take that into consideration too. But I'm, I'm assuming that's what most devout Catholic men probably think too, is that obviously looks, because I would say as a female, I would probably look at looks at first too, but diving into like what's actually important and that's the heart, like you were saying, and that's the personality. Um, so thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Um, the next question would be, uh, let me see my super long list. Um, 
what are Anthony, what are your thoughts on the topic of like a relationship status? So whether it's like talking versus uh-huh. dating versus like in a relationship, because I know the word or the term talking is getting like so popular as the years go by and it's kind of, it can be frustrating sometimes. So explain your thoughts on this. Yeah. So I honestly say like, there's always two answers for these types of questions. There's the, the Catholic answer, the Christian answer, and then there's the secular worldly answer. So let's, I mean, to, to narrow it down, let's go with the Catholic answer first. If you gotta be like, either way, you gotta be intentional. Like, why are you dating? What is your end goal? Um, are you doing this because it looks cool? Like you want to have some sort of value or significance in your own life? Or are you doing this because you genuinely want to ultimately marry this person? Right? Like, I mean, that's, that's what dating is for. Like if you're talking, you know, you might be scared to commit. And there's an issue nowadays with today's society where we're like, we're paralyzed by fear. Like we're overanalyzing really kind of hurt and saying like can I really trust this person because it comes from our past so a lot of people that use the word talking they're honestly they're not ready they're still healing they're not ready to take that next step now you can say talking for like two weeks that's totally fine like getting to know the person like that's understandable but like when you're going transition that next stage from talking to dating it's a level of commitment that increases and a level of trust and a level of vulnerability that a lot of people just aren't ready for. Um, but they're ready for the status. They're not ready for the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the principles and that love demands, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you were saying, you know, commitment versus like the status, which is something so important to look at. Um, so let's say I was talking to this guy um or starting to communicate with this guy um how direct would i have to be with this guy for him to pick up that i like him is another question we got okay so you gotta throw some signs i'm I'm not a big big believer in throwing too many signs because like if he really likes you it's gonna be his natural like god created a man to go out and seek the woman and pursue her and be very persistent with her. Like every good man, whether you're Catholic or not, really values the chase. Like there's a reason why so many people are constantly like, oh, if, if, it's, if it's hard to get, it's going to stay. Like that's, that's the mentality that we have. Like if I put in a lot of work, if I really, like if she really was a catch in my eyes. I'm going to more than likely be committed and stay with her because I've went through this journey. And it's like, it's in our DNA to go as men, to go through a journey. So it, as a woman, like you should be throwing some signs out there. Like I'd say like, see how he's responding. Um, you don't need to be extremely blunt. He should be able to pick up on that. And if he's not able to, that means he, he still has like a lot of um, issues that he needs to resolve on his own terms and his own end. He still doesn't know what he's looking for. He still doesn't know what he's attracted to. And all these things are, you know, they're essentials. Like before you even get into a relationship, you need to know what you want and what you value. And, um, yeah, so he should be able to know that. But honestly, like if you're a woman, he should really, really see what you're saying or doing or the way you're responding with your nonverbal actions. Um, not only your words, he'll be able to pick up on it. Good. And that's honestly that's such a refreshing thing to hear that he'll be able to pick up on it. Um, yeah. And we did get another question that's so, sort of related, um, kind of on the other end of the spectrum of this. Um, someone asked, some guys can be overly friendly, 
Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's hard to tell if they're interested or not, or if they're like flirting or if they're like in, like interested in you, like how do you navigate through that confusing little time? Okay. And I'm going to be completely honest. So I was one of those guys. Okay. So I'm going to speak and this is honestly coming from the depths of my heart. So there, yes, a lot of men that do that, are insecure. I mean, it also goes for women, but a lot of men are very insecure. They're wounded. They still haven't gone through the healing process. Mm -hmm. So they want to use the Christian or Catholic faith as a means to be like, oh, Catholics are nice. So they put on a Catholic mask just so that they can fill their own ego and their own insecurities of saying, look, this girl is validating me as a human being for my dignity and my worth. I'm getting from them. I'm getting attention from them. So I'm going to continue to be nice and just be nice to everyone so I could feel loved by everyone without having to commit to anyone. So that's very, I mean, it's very insecure. It's very narcissistic. It's very um, toxic and it does so much damage. So you need to honestly reassess what you're doing and why you're doing it because it could be in a subconscious level. And for me, it was like, you need to really look at your past and say like, okay, if people are calling me out on this and they're saying I'm being overly nice and they can't tell if I like them, I'm pursuing them because I'm not intentional, then there's a problem. Like it's either with them or with me. So we always want to put the blame on ourselves because it gives, where you put the blame is where you put the power. And it really gives us a sense of reflecting interiorly and saying, okay, um, how can I improve? How can I be more intentional? How can I heal more from my wounds so I can not hurt any more people? And some people don't want to do that. Some people just want to keep playing the games and getting attention because it's too scary of a past to confront. Yeah. And I love what you're, you're saying about being intentional. And that kind of term piece of advice is something we hear a lot in the dating world, especially like the Catholic dating world. Everyone's like, be intentional, be intentional. Like we hear that so much, yeah. but kind of on the topic of that, of being intentional, an example of someone not being intentional is when girls or guys get bored or disinterested or tired of the talking or the dating really easily. You know, we, we see there's like this common one to three month pattern of like talking kind of dating and then like ghosting or like stop talking to them, you know, and it's, it's, it's really frustrating to be honest. Um, so what are your thoughts on that kind of like, why do some guys tend to get so bored or disinterested so easily <laughs> somebody yeah. asked that so okay and ladies i know this might hurt but love is not a feeling love is a choice and a lot of guys a lot of guys are just in it because they want to feel good as i was saying they want they have a compass that points towards themselves instead of a compass pointing towards you and he's going to be using you but in his mind he thinks as a guy Oh, I'm loving her, but it's truly not love because you look at the fruit, judge a tree by the fruit it bears. And these guys are getting not, they're, they're getting bored. They're getting disinterested because you're not valuing yourself as much as you should be worth. And if you're like letting him walk all over you, if you're, if you're like letting him um, belittle you or put you down or not giving you a say in anything these are going to be extreme red flags for a guy at a human nature level where he will actually get bored in the relationship. That's why you must know your worth. 
You've got to know your worth. And it's not just to say this is, this, this is 50% of the equation. The other 50 is on the guy. The guy's like, love is a choice. It's not a feeling. Just like the wind comes and goes, like feelings and emotions come and go. And if a guy cannot stay committed in a relationship because he's not feeling good all the time and you're not making him feel special, special don't take it as an insecurity on your end. It's a, it's a problem on his end. Like if he truly loves you, he's going to stay with you for who you are, despite what flaws you have or weaknesses or despite you making him feel good or not, because he loves you for you in your own essence, you know, and he sees your worth greater than you see it. That's a true man. A true man edifies you. He builds you up. He, he gives you more value, more value than you assign to your own self. But yeah, like that's just important. Men get bored because they have not, they don't know what they want in life. They're just kind of doing this because it's peer pressure from their guy friends. Like, oh, did he score? Oh, who's he with? Or, oh, you're single or you're not cool enough, right? So these negative voices of the society, these peer pressures are ultimately what going, what gets him to do something he doesn't want to do. Yeah. And I want to highlight what you said. All of that is amazing. And I want to highlight what you said about love being a feeling. Love, like you said earlier, is not a feeling, though it can encompass feelings and different emotions the real definition of love is to will the good of the other person and that's not just on the guy and that's not just on the girl you know it needs both ends of the equation to really be like a successful life-bearing relationship so really love is to will the good of the other it's saying you know i desire your goodness like you're good, not for my sake, but for your own good. Um, and I think that's something so important to remember when you're talking to someone, dating someone in a relationship, even because love is a choice. Like it doesn't start like just when you're dating, it continues on like this choice to love is a choice you have to make like your entire relationship. Um, yeah. and I think that's so easily overlooked because it's like, Oh, love. But it's like, no, what is love? Like, it's so like, don't, <laughs> Don't take it lightly. Don't take that lightly, you guys. Um, and I know you talked about standards and guys, some guys not knowing what they want, but that also is an issue with some women. We got a question. Um, a woman asked, how do I know what to look for in a relationship if I've never actually been in a relationship, which I'm sure is the case for so many women out there. Yeah, this is a really, I mean, this is amazing because I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you're sailing in the sea and you're in a ship and you have no direction to go. You must first enter the coordinates in your own mind and then you enter it in the compass and then you know where you're going. Otherwise you're just cruising. Like you don't even know what you're doing in life. So it's the same thing with relationships. You got to know what's my direction. What is the end goal? Where is the final destination? And that's going to be marriage, right? That's what we believe. Like, we want to get into a relationship to ultimately bring life, but to bring life so that we can understand the eyes and the mind of God and that we can draw closer to Christ through our significant other, through our children, through the adversity, through those moments of love and all those good gushy feelings. So you got to ultimately know what virtues, what values, what personality traits can I find in a guy that is a non-negotiable, like that means if they don't have it, I'm moving on to the next and trusting that the Lord will provide. What are those qualities and those values and those virtues that I can find in a, in a guy that can get me to heaven? And that's essential. So 
But to know that, you must first know what you need as an individual. What is God requiring from you? And that's really hard. A lot of people get into relationships and fail and have like little to no experience in it because they have yet to have gotten to a relationship with themselves. And to get into a relationship with yourself, to make it really good, you have to get into a relationship with God. You can't continuously read the books of other people and have them tell you what you want. You need to read the book from within because it's already written in you. It's all in you. All you need to do is take that metaphorical key and unlock it. Um, and that's going to come from getting to know the Lord. As I said, in adoration, it's that, that season of singleness. You have to get to know who he is and who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And even think about it like this, you guys, like, if you don't know, like, okay, so many, how do I even go about this? So many of us desire a godly relationship. Like we want to keep God in the center of our relationship, but how can we do that with another person? If we don't even know how to do that with ourselves or with just you and the Lord, you know, like it, it starts with you and the Lord, like first and foremost before anything. And then you can apply that into a relationship with another person and that's on both ends of the spectrum as well like really look for you know you're talking to a guy is the lord at the forefront of everything in his life is he the center um and also really look for that too because i have been in that place where i'm like never been in a relationship what do i look for how do i know like what's gonna be good for me and that like anthony said that really comes with getting to know yourself and the lord Oh my gosh, so many questions. I'm trying to see which ones can we answer that are good. Okay, I'm going to skip around here. This is a good one. Okay. Oh my gosh, this is a question you probably get so much, Anthony. <laughs> Where are all the good Catholic men, Anthony? <laughs> this is, I know this is a question you get so much because you do so many Q&As on your Instagram and everyone asks this question. Yeah. Where are all the Catholic good men? Or good Catholic men. Is it at church? Is it at Catholic match? Where is it? Yeah, okay. I hate to break it to you. There are none, guys. So just give up now. <laughs> you need to know. Um, I gotta. I gotta ask you a question. I'll answer this question by asking everyone listening a question. This is how I think of it. Every time I get this question, I, I can respond two ways. The first one is just giving you a direct answer, but it's not an issue of getting an answer. It's an issue of trust. It's, a, it's an issue of trust in the Lord. If God truly loves you and you really believe that, and he says in his words and his promises, like, I want to give you all the desires of your heart, every single one. And he doesn't, he doesn't really say that he takes it to the next level, even desires of your heart that you can't even see. So he wants to give you life and life abundantly. If you really believe in that and trust in that, if you truly do, right? you're going to believe that there is someone out there for you because if he's going to give you food that you really like in one day, like that's something so simple. Is he not going to give you a spouse? Like, honestly, if he's providing for you all your emotional needs with like the basic bodily needs, right? Like as I was saying, food, water, shelter, all those things, he's providing you those every single day. How can he not provide for you a spouse? that's gonna last you eternity, like mm -hmm. honestly. And that's one thing I wanna say. And another thing, what if God is trying to get you to fall so deeply in love with, with, with him first? And there's a prayer I want you guys to look up. It's called Be Satisfied With Me by St. Anthony of Padua. I prayed it and that's how I found this great girl that I got into a relationship with and it, it amazing, right? So 
what if God is calling you and testing you and saying like, okay, I'm going to scatter all the good Catholic men and women out in different states and different cities so that we can isolate them so that they can ultimately find me and me alone and love me and me alone first, first, before that I can give them that other person. Because if I put everyone in the same area, in the same vicinity where they can just see each other, I mean, what's the struggle? Like the, the story, a great love story comes from a great struggle and you're going to have to put up the fight. You're going to have to have those days where you're crying and saying, God, is there anyone out there for me? You're going to have to have these days. God is working on your love story. Do not give up on him. You cannot quit because the moment you fall in despair is the moment that you're going to not be yourself. And what if that was the day that you met that guy and you were just not happy and you were in despair and because you weren't happy, you were in despair, you weren't able to connect with this person. You weren't able to find them. So you always got to think of it like that. There's the, like, that's the, like the, the challenge that I want to give you ladies listening out there. So you need to find like, okay, what are my wounds? What are my areas in my life that I need to grow in first and to fall in love with God first before that I can get into a relationship? Because if you get into that relationship and you're not ready for it, it's only going to harm you. But let's say you get into that relationship two years and then after healing, it's going to build you. It's going to help you. That's a thing. So that's the like question. Now, practical areas of how to find these men. So I'm a firm believer that we need to pray, but we also need to take action. And practical ways would be going to mass as often as possible, um, going to adoration, checking out online dating apps like Catholic Match. Like they kind of suck, to be honest. I'm not going to lie, but we always want to be able to put in our best foot out there, putting ourselves out there and ultimately trying to make a lot of guy friends. Um, I know females value friendship with guys a lot more than guys value friendships with girls. Right. Um, so just kind of make as many friends as you can and you never know, maybe a friend can introduce you to a friend or maybe um, you might go to this like Catholic event or like a Catholic conference and you meet someone, you know, you never know. You can't really limit God, but it's important to know that you have to first trust in the Lord and heal all your wounds and ultimately love him to the, the greatest capacity you can. And God will provide. I promise you. Yeah. And I love that. And because you, you said, don't place limits on God. You guys, mm. God is a limitless God. You can, and I got a question saying like, like, where is a good place for me? Like, how do I put myself out there? Where do I find these guys? And the real answer is to kind of like piggyback on what you're saying, Anthony, is like, you can meet this person literally anywhere. <laughs> so don't yeah. place limits on God. Like, don't just say, don't, don't just think like, I have to be in a Catholic ministry to find him. Though that could be true. <laughs> or like, I have to be like at mass to find him. Like, no, you can find this person anywhere. But like Anthony was saying, good places to put yourself out there. Catholic dating apps, your ministry, um, your, your local like neighborhood church and just like different guy friends, um, that you might have. Um, and I think this is a good transition into the next little topic of our questions. Um, let's say, and that this, this topic is kind of hard to talk about, but I'm sure Anthony, you can talk about it very well. Um, it's about, um, when you're in a relationship dealing with, um, sexual sin or or a partner's sexual past um and one good question we got is when is a good time you know when you're dating 
when you're in a relationship to bring up the topic of saving sex for marriage and or sharing like if you're a virgin or if you've had sex before like when is a good time to bring that up what are your thoughts on that yeah so this is a three-part question but let's take the oh, I, I love this one too because i did it wrong sometimes and it just failed <laughs> but other times i did it right and it, it went very good so it, one thing that I did wrong based on my own failures is I did not bring it up because I was scared I would lose the girl. So um, like saving sex till marriage, this is what I'm talking about. So I didn't bring it up and let's like two months down the line, it just ultimately, it harmed me a lot more and it caused a lot of frustration. And it's because I, it was my fault. I wasn't upfront with it. I wasn't intentional about it. So this is a non-negotiable, like as Catholics, like we really believe like, saving sex till marriage is what God calls all of us to do. It's like, it's a must, like, cause that's the freest, it's the greatest way to love someone. I really recommend bringing it up like the first, within the first two weeks of actually dating. So there's talking, like, let's say you're still getting to know that person, but when you're actually dating them, like even, even like let's backtrack, even in talking, like just two weeks within like knowing them, I would bring it up like, Hey, what are your thoughts on saving sex till marriage? You know, like just kind of get a gauge with it. You don't have to be that blunt about it. You don't have to be that direct about it. Yeah. But maybe you could like, you could kind of maneuver way, your way through that. Like as a guy, like I'm a blunt guy, like I'll be blunt about it because I don't want to like play games. I don't want to like not know, you know, I want to know where they stand. But it's one thing to say they stand, they take that value through their words. But it's another thing to see if they're following through with their actions, right? And that's where we'll get into other questions about setting boundaries and all that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's that's the first part. I would bring it up within the first two weeks of meeting of meeting them, to be honest, because you don't want to waste your time. Like the last thing you want is to be like me. You get into a relationship, you you're getting like feelings of love, and it's very hard to leave it because uh, you didn't bring up like saving sex till marriage, like, um, and they're not on board with you. Like that's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Another thing, like in terms of the past, everyone has a past. You know, it's pride to say that we don't. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. I'm not going to throw a stone at you because you sin differently than me. I'm not going to judge you because you sin differently than me. That's always the mentality that we have to have. And there's degrees of sins. Yes, I get it. But there's also degrees of mercy. If the person is truly sorry for their sins and they've repented and you know it, you can feel it when it's sincere, it really comes from the heart, then by all means, like they're going to have an ability to love at a greater capacity. The greatest form of love is, is, is mercy is God like, while we didn't deserve it, he died on the cross and he rose for us. Like, wow, you know, like for all our sins, no matter what it was, he saw every sin you've committed in the past. He saw every sin you've committed in the present and every sin you're going to commit in the future. And he says like, I still love you. So despite the past, like the past is ne it never defines us. You still have incredible amount of worth and the greater the past, you could be a greater saint. You know, you could be the greater the sinner, the greater the saint. That's my philosophy in it because you're experiencing the, the, the mercy of God if you repent. And that's the if, you know, you really got to be sorry about it. So I'm not going to judge, you know, I'm not going to judge about that. And um, yeah, what was the other question? Sorry. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, just like dating someone with a different sexual past. So I know, Anthony, you're very open about, about being a virgin. And I know you say that a lot on your social media and I'm reading it in your book right now. So let's say... You're yeah. talking to a girl, dating a girl who isn't a virgin. You know, what do you have to say to that? 
how should the girl feel while she's in this relationship or even going beyond that let's say she's still struggling you know while you're talking or dating with sexual sin like watching pornography or masturbation i know we got a question about that um yeah. is that like a turn off or how do you view that when you're in a relationship as a guy yeah so if you're still struggling with impurity it's not you shouldn't always just immediately oh end the relationship but you really have to discern it you really have to see is this person truly trying their hardest i struggled a lot with impurity um when i was in relationships and i could tell you from my own experience it distorted love i thought i was loving but i was living in lust and i was objectifying women for their bodies i was judging them and i really wasn't looking at the heart and i was looking at what can i get from you instead of what can i give you and as a man i failed to protect her i failed to provide for her i failed to lead her and preside for her right and it's by my own wounds, my own impure um, sin. And I, I wasn't like, I wasn't driven to change. Like I didn't have too much guilt. You know, I was a very selfish person. And that, that's a problem. Like just because, yes, whatever, I'm a virgin. It doesn't matter because I'm abstaining from sex. It, that, like that's cool. But there's another level, right? That's being pure of heart, mind, body, and soul. So I wasn't pure of any of those because I was living in impurity. Um, so just because I was quote unquote a virgin, that doesn't mean anything because I still have this, I don't, I didn't have the ability to love and, and I'm still suffering the repercussions of those sins, right? So you need to really see, is this person trying? You know, and praise God, it's been three, about four years since I've struggled with sins of impurity, um, specifically like pornography and masturbation. And those were stuff that I thought I'd never be able to be freed from. But I truly was trying. And when I was in a relationship, I was very upfront with that to my spiritual director, to the person I was dating. And they respected me and they loved me despite that. And that really showed me that I should be able to do the same for others. Like even in my big mess, she saw that I was trying and she really still loved me. And she prayed for me. And I think that's essential is to really pray the rosary together specifically to battle impurity because yeah. the blood virgin mary is just she was the one who really transformed my life mm -hmm. she freed me from that darkness and those chains and now i'm so happy like and it's like it goes to like how's your relationship with your mom type of thing too you know i see because i'm able to be more pure i'm able to love my mom more i'm able to love women more and i've got the best relationship with my mom i'm gonna brag about that i take pride in that <laughs> we love that and yeah, thanks for sharing that because I know there are probably women out there listening that maybe have struggled with sexual sin or impurity or maybe are still struggling it right now. And they may be thinking, you know, like, there's no hope for me in relationships. No guy is ever going to love me. I'm never going to be able to find a good Catholic man because, you know, they might look not just at me, but they might look at my sin too. And you guys, your, your sin, if you're struggling with this or if you have, your sin isn't your identity, you guys. And like Anthony was saying, like, as a Catholic, like, take this from Anthony, who is a devout Catholic man, very interested in relationships, like, he will not, hopefully the guy you're talking to as well, like, will not look at you as, like, in the face of your sin. Um, pray together, like he said, that's so important. And I'm glad you brought that up because um, praying together in a relationship might seem, like, so uncommon or, like, so, like, weird to other people. But you guys, 
from what I've heard from so many people, it is the, it should be at the forefront of your dating relationship. <laughs> you know, without God, you literally have nothing. If you're, if he's not at the center, like forget it, you know? And I am pretty sure Anthony can attest to that as well. Um, so many more questions about sexual sin. And I know we've covered so much. We don't have that much time. And I do, we got so many questions about chastity as well that I did want to cover um, as we're getting towards the end. But um, let's start with a good one. You've talked about boundaries before, especially even a couple minutes ago. Um, somebody asked, what are good boundaries to set in a relationship? And is it difficult to keep those boundaries while in a relationship? Yeah, this is, oh man, I have, I have so much I still want to say. Like, this is incredible. Like, boundaries, yes. If you're not setting boundaries, you're failing. If you have no boundaries, boundaries have already been set. And those are not good boundaries. Those are going to be toxic boundaries. Okay. Um, you must understand your trigger points. You must understand your weaknesses. You must understand it because if you don't, um, like the enemy, the devil studies us more than we study ourselves. So he knows our trigger points and our weaknesses. So you got to know like what is going to be a turn on for you that can lead to sexual sin. You have to know that. Um, there's emotional boundaries and there's physical boundaries. What stage in the relationship are you in? For let's take emotional boundaries, right? Uh, I'm not going to express to you my deepest, darkest wounds or my, my pains in week one of a relationship. Like, chill. Like, this is supposed to be year two or year one. Like, you're not supposed to go. There's, there's levels of intimacy. Just like you're going in a pool, right? Some people just dive straight into like 10 feet deep. And some people just, they walk into it. And they're like, oh, you know, I think the most prudent thing to do is to kind of walk into it as opposed to jumping into it. So you want to like express, you want to test them. Like, is this going to work? Do they still love me for me? Like, that's why for me, um, depending on the girl, like I'm not just going to tell someone like my sexual sins, like I'm going to work up to that. You know, I'm going to, um, even me, like a blunt person, as blunt as I am, I'm going to like really take it slowly and express one thing slowly in week one and see how they respond month one month two month six you know I, and as the months progress i'm getting deeper so that's emotional chastity um because your foundation is built on it's it's built on what how vulnerable you are how vulnerable you are is how quickly you fall a lot of people fall very quickly into love when it's actually you know it's not healthy. It's a very toxic thing because they're putting up no boundaries emotionally. It's, it's very tough. Now let's, let's take physical boundaries. Um, you got to understand, like, as I was saying, what are your trigger points? What are your weaknesses for me? Like, I'm not, I'm going to make sure I'm not, I'm not in the same house alone with the girl. Like, cause I know like as an athlete, I'm a very physical person. Like I love to lift weights. I love to, like, I have a lot of hormones, like, in me and I know that of myself. So I know like I'm a very physical person. Like my love language is physical touch. So I'm gonna make sure like, I can't like, I cannot be alone with a girl in a room. I can't like, if there's no like people in there, like, cause something like my instinct, like my nature is gonna, it's gonna be very hard for me to be able to temper that and to be able to be very chaste with that. So I'm gonna fall in sexual sin. Another thing, like I'm not gonna be alone in a car with her, like parked in a parking lot at night. You know, it's like, you gotta set times like, Maybe have a curfew, right? So I don't know what that is for you. Like maybe there's a time at where you get more vulnerable because like your your emotions are like it's too late in the night. So your emotions are like, well, whatever. You're just kind of like spilling whatever. Like you gotta be very careful. Like 
There's a lot of trap holes the devil wants to use to destroy this relationship of love and turn it into a relationship of lust. Um, wow. Yeah. You said so much. Let me just unpack it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. You're like, but you're saying all the right things, you guys. And I hope you're like taking notes or paying attention. Um, and another thing too that you mentioned is, okay, first of all, I love how you said you like know what your trigger points are. You know, you can't be alone in a room or in a house with a girl like locked somewhere. You know, you can't be in a car late at night. Right. That is emotional and physical chastity. You guys, they work together, which yeah. I think is awesome that you mentioned that. Um, and we got a kind of a related question. That I think is super important to touch on too. Um, somebody asked when you're in a relationship, how do you, stay affectionate but chase at the same time so i guess another way to ask that question is how far is too far which i'm sure you get that question a lot how would you answer that right so i mean i've i've, I've heard this one before i didn't ever think of it so they say okay you're asking the wrong question it's not how far is too far because that's like what can i get away with it's a very negative devious connotation it's like missing the whole point of why we're even being chased we're not being chased to say okay i want to do this do that because um, I want to serve myself. We're being chased so that we could love authentically and purely. And chastity is going to free us from those selfish motives and those selfish desires. Um, woman, I want to say, like, from the bottom of my heart, a lot of guys, they play games. They're really smooth with it. Like, I was one of those guys, too. Like, it, it's hard for me to say, but it comes from a place of insecurity. comes from a place of peer pressure, like teammates from college, teammates in high school. Like, they always pressured me. And some days I gave into that pressure. You know, I'm not perfect. But, you know, I used to read articles on it. You, you got to be very, like, careful. A lot of guys, they're going to say they love you, but in reality, they don't. It's just lip service. It's words. So when it comes to, like, what physical affection or emotional affection can you show without stepping, like, going too far, I'm going to ask, like, how far do you want to love this person? Like, what can you do? What would you be okay with in your future spouse, your future husband, ladies? Would you want him to have a huge past? Would you want him, would you want to, for him to be your first kiss? Let's even say that. Like, I know a lot of people like vasopressin is a scientific endorphin. It's a chemical in the brain that's released and it's released mostly in men, but it's also released in women. And it's like, it's a form of jealousy and envy. Like, even if someone got into a relationship and let's say you've shared, uh, but it didn't work. And then now you're in this like new relationship with this girl. Like, let's say you share that. She's going to get really hurt. Like, even like if you didn't even have sex with her, let's say you shared a lot of emotional like baggage, like of your past, like she knows that that's a pearl and it like devalues that. Right. So as a woman, it's like, how much love do you want from your husband? Like how special do you want him to be? Do you want him to be so special that he's your first kiss on your wedding night, on your wedding day when you're married? Wow. That's crazy. Like it's up to you. And it's like, what's that? what's that formula written in your heart that's like, this is how much love I want. And, and I'm saying like, this is an extremity. Like I'm taking it all the way to the extremity. It's like the first kiss, you know, um, that's an extremity. Um, but like, just think of that, think of that. And it puts things into perspective. What can you allow for him to do that, that you can like actually take without getting envious or jealous? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's such a hard thing to navigate through. It is. Especially nowadays because like, like you said at the beginning, like you're think if you ask the question, how far is too far? You're thinking about like, what can I do with like, with, by still being like a virgin at the end, you know? And that's the wrong question to ask you guys. Um, yeah. And yeah, we can probably talk about this certain topic 
for like another hour. Yeah. I know we're running low on time and we can for sure, Anthony, if you're interested, make another episode on this. Um, but I wanted to kind of um, end on a quote. Um, and this quote is from Jason Everett. He has a book called uh, How to Find Your Soulmate Without Losing oh, Your Soul. About I it. Book. And yep. there's this quote that he said that really caught my eye because a couple years ago, uh, when I first started going to Catholic conferences, hearing talks about dating and relationships, I would we would always hear the term like chastity and purity and like what and I, what younger younger me teenager Lola was like, what the heck does that mean? How do I like attain that level of purity and or like that seems like so like against society society's norms like but Jason kind of encapsulates like chastity and its definition in like one quote that I want to share that's like really cool he said chastity frees you not only to love but freezely frees you to know if you are being loved which I think snaps to that oh my gosh it's so good um yeah that book is awesome how to find your soulmate without losing your soul and also as now that we're ending Anthony is an author talk about your books Anthony where can we find them where can I get them what are they about yeah, so CoachAnthonySimon.com is my website. You could find me on Instagram at CoachAnthonySimon. If you just type Anthony Simon on Google, my website should appear. Um, my book is titled Sex, Love, and Worth, as Lola said. And it's basically a super, super page turner is what I'm getting from a lot of people. Um, it answers all your questions on dating, intimacy, relationships. What is authentic love that's unconditional, not conditional? How can you date someone? How do you know what your standards are? What is a good way to show physical affection? How do you battle the sins of impurity? How do you navigate through those? How do you know how much worth you are? Like, what do you, what is our sexuality? How do we use it? What is chastity? What is absence? So all these questions, like, it's so deep, like how to date someone, like how to pursue someone, like what to look for. As I was saying, that's what this book's about. And it's not only like my own personal experience. I try to take myself out of my books, um, but I try to also put experiences of myself so that you could get a feel of like who I am and, and as a college person, like this was me in college. Like I know a lot of people may be listening to this. You may be in college. It's a great book for you to really check out. Um, it's also got experiences and testimonies of people who are married. It's got science that backs up why sex should be waited until marriage. You know, um, very good book. Like I really highly, highly recommend it. It's not just because I wrote it. Like I, I truly mm-hmm. felt the Holy Spirit calling me to do it. And I got it approved by a couple priests um, and I've just been getting a lot of good feedback for it. So I really hope you guys could check that out. It's my second book. I just released it on May 31st. And my first one is Life's Greatest Gift Pain. Um, it's not a relationships book. It's more of like how to deal with suffering. It's a little bit more of an intense book. Um, but I truly want you guys to, you know, reach out to me if you can at my website or just DM me on Instagram. Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. And shameless plug, you guys go grab his book. (laughs) It's on his website. I got it off of Amazon though. You can find it there. Like you said, talks about basically everything we were talking about today in our podcast episode and plus so much more. So if you guys, if you asked a question that I'm sorry we didn't get to today, it is most likely in Anthony's book or somewhere on, on Anthony's social media. I know he talks about um, dating and relationships and chastity so, so much, which thank you. I don't know if anyone has ever told you that, but thank you for like using your platform that way because it's so needed, especially now in today's world and day and age. As we close, Anthony, do you have any, any last minute words or thoughts to the ladies out there, single, 
dating, looking for a relationship, what do you have to say to these ladies? Ladies, listen to me from the bottom of my heart. Do not give up. Know your worth, find your worth, and have men give you more than how much you've assigned that price to your worth. I, I mean, honestly, it is the, the guy's job. What you should look for in a guy, it is the guy's job to build your self-esteem so high, to love on you so much, like Christ loves on his church, that you will be like, is this guy even real? They exist. I promise you, do not give up. Keep finding out who you are, whose you are, what you're made for, why you're made for that. And ultimately, you got to know that you cannot settle. Do not settle for counterfeits of love. I promise you, like, if you can learn to know how much you're worth, men will be forced to respect you and they will not play games and they'll pursue you intentionally. And you'll see that. Amen. Anthony, you're amazing. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. You guys, what he said, everything he said, take it to the heart, take it to prayer. Hope does not disappoint you guys. Keep hoping, keep praying, keep searching. He is out there, but most importantly, look to the heart, look to God in everything you do. And I promise this man will come in God's impeccable timing. And on that note, You guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It was one of my favorite ones to record. Anthony, thanks again. Um, Feel free to follow the podcast on Instagram at Barely Joy Podcast. Be sure to to follow the podcast wherever you're listening on Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening from. Give it a good review, good rating. And yeah, just thank you so much. And I hope to see you guys in the next episode.